everybody. Welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And once again, we are broadcasting this episode from our home here in the Gunnison Valley of Colorado. And I'm serious, you should do yourself a favor and come right now and get some very, very mint riding in on our vast network of trails here in Gunnison and Crested Butte. It really is that good right now, and I'm not even kidding. So you should probably come ride some bikes or a scooter or do some dog mushing. You know, you've got options. Okay, now today's episode is a bit of a mind bender so you should sit down and buckle up and prepare to have your mind expanded. And the backstory here is that this all started with episode number 22 of Bikes and Big Ideas, where our reviewer, Eric Friesen, unexpectedly introduced us all to the company Gravity Scooters. So if you listen to that episode, and you should definitely listen to that episode, you will hear our amazement and excitement grow in real time as we are all like on our phones checking out the Gravity Scooters website. And I said in that conversation that someday we were going to need to talk to Gravity Scooters on the podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, that day has come. I recently talked to Jordi Ponti of Gravity Scooters, which is a company based in Barcelona, Spain. And you could say that Gravity Scooters makes downhill bikes without pedals, or you could say that they make machines that allow you to surf the mountain, or you could say that they make rolling sleds designed for dog mushing. Anyway, if you aren't intrigued by those descriptions, I'm not sure what's wrong with you, but if you want to see some of Gravity Scooters products in action, we have included some videos and links to videos in the show notes to this episode. But for now, I mostly just really want to let Jordi tell you about Gravity Scooters in his own words. So again, buckle up, open your mind, and here we go. Well, Jordi Ponti, how are you today? And where are you today? I'm fine, uh, thank you. I'm talking to you from from Barcelona in Spain. And are you currently at the Gravity Scooters headquarters? Yes, I am. I am. It's a pretty small company, but we're a very nice team. And I like being here. Well, tell us a bit about Gravity Scooters and how the company got started. Yeah, well, within 1992 and 1993, uh, Quinti Desmonds, who is the Gravity Scooters founder, designed the first urban adult kick scooter for the historical Spanish bike company Ravaza Derby. He designed an urban scooter, but as he lives in the mountains, he adapted it for the mountain use. Basically, he changed the small wheels for the big ones and some other uh, changes. It was a real discovery. With uh, three prototypes, he started going to the bike parks with friends 
snowboarders, skateboarders, professionals, and everyone was freaking out with the product. Kinti, uh, he had the knowledge of the automotive industry, so he was very encouraged to, to make them, to manufacture them. So basically, during the following years, he was dedicated to redesigning and improving different models on his own for individual use and in his spare time. And then his passion for downhill uh, got him obsessed with the idea of designing a scooter that could be competitive with the best uh, downhill bikes in the market. So then, uh, finally, in 2007, after many prototypes and together with his couple, Judith, both designers of automotive parts, the first series production of Hayden Mountain Scooters was launched. So Gravity Scooters uh, was founded. Later on, they realized that everything they had learned about downhill was also ideal for mashing. So they fell in love with this sport and they created the exclusive range of mushing scooters. After this, the evolutions, scooters for kids, the snow scoot, and lately the electric range. And how long have you been with Gravity Scooters? What's your background? Well, I graduated in business studies and I worked in companies of different sizes and sectors until 2012, when my passion about sports and nature brought me to co-found my own company related to active and nature-based activities. As digital marketing and communication expert, I joined Gravity Scooters last year to help the company boost its branding and sales around. Okay, so you've given us a good, quick overview on sort of the background of the company, but I'd like to ask you a little bit more about just how someone comes up with the idea of a downhill-oriented scooter. Did Quentin have a belief that there was a strong market for this, or did he not care? He just, he personally wanted to see this and thought it would be interesting Talk a little bit about that. It all came up with the discovery that big wheel scooters had the right geometry to go down. We were persuaded by their security and the freedom they give, and we fell in love with the sensation they produced. In 1994, there was nothing on the market like a downhill scooter, and that's why we created them. Even the Finnish brand Kickbike started manufacturing all little kick scooters a year and a half later. So we started working on something that did not exist before. We first designed them as a toy for ourselves until the professionals insisted us on producing them in series. Even the national ski uh, took them to Switzerland to train in the summer. They preferred scooters to bikes because they used to have more bike injuries in the summer than in the winter competition. Can you imagine? <laughs> so, so before, we had then lots of motocross, mountain bike, skiing, skateboarding, etc. And we, did, we didn't stop breaking bones. And that ended up radically by replacing mountain bikes and motorcycles by gravity scooters. Today, we're still the reference brand that has the only 100% Dash scooter designed for the downhill and with all its components with downhill specifications. Uh, to be said that we do not consider a scooter a vehicle that separates the legs, neither in sensations nor in safety. For us, it's a bike without pedals. Uh, we believe 
that downhill scootering will, will be a common sport and will put an end to seasonability of the mountain sector. Downhill scooters are no doubt the best option to offer for rent to a wide audience in ski resorts for the summer season or as an alternative to skiing when there is no snow. Okay, so you've made some very interesting claims there in, in what you've just said. And I love this notion of a bike without pedals. But I, I would love to push back just a bit here. Like, I don't know, I feel like pedals and seats are, I've always thought of those as convenient things. And you just made a case where you think that the scooter is less dangerous. You were having fewer accidents, fewer broken bones on the scooter. So say, say a bit more about like ditching pedals and ditching seat posts and how this is an advantage, not a, not a disadvantage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's very important to point out that uh, gravity scooters, downhill scooters, are much easier to drive and much safer than any DH bike for four main reasons. Security, stability, assured control, and simplicity. Let me explain you why. So about, about security, about security, the short distance from the board to the floor makes it very easy to get on and out in any situation. The obstacle-free frame minimizes the risk of accident as nothing prevents you from getting out of it quickly. So you don't need pedals to get off. They, they bother you. It's safer and more fun to go on a board with nothing between your legs. Yeah, so then, yeah, uh, then about stability. Uh, stability is due to its very low center of gravity. The center of gravity of a scooter is half the height of that of a bike, and also the rider's weight is placed right on the central axis of the frame. Unlike bicycles, which are driven with the crotch and hands, the scooter's balance is in the area of the feet and the navel, so they are more balanced. Then the scooters also assure control. In very vertical descents, you only have to bend your knees, stretch your arms, and pull your body back. It's almost impossible to get out over the handlebar, the typical accident with a bicycle. With practice driving, it's done with the whole body, like surfing the roads. And, and last but not least, uh, simplicity. That means no pedals, no gear, no chain. You don't have to lift your leg over the chassis to get on it. It's simply the minimum you need to descend as you want. Its simplicity makes it safer, cheaper, easier to drive, and more mechanically reliable and almost maintenance-free. Um, Kinti, uh, in this sense, likes to explain it like this. Isn't true that you don't put pedals on your snowboard? <laughs> <laughs> so just understand a bit, you know? It's... <laughs> it's, a, it's a snowboard without pedals. It's a bike without pedals and a snowboard without pedals. No, it means that if you don't put pedals to a snowboard, why should you put pedals on a scooter? Okay, we're <laughs> we're, sur we're gonna surf. We're surfing the roads and surfing the trails. 
Yes, absolutely. That's the feeling you have when you ride a gravity scooter. Let's talk a bit more about the design of these scooters. What is the trickiest part of designing a downhill-oriented scooter that rides well? Actually, the, the suspension is not the most important thing, as you could imagine. Um, what gives you a good suspension is a smoother descent. That's it. The most complicated part of designing a gravity scooter is the geometry, because it doesn't triangulate, as in a bike. Geometry must combine, must combine the functionality of the device uh, to have a good balance with the hardness, it must be strong, and with the design. So we want our feet to be close to the wheel, to the front wheel, but on the contrary, that's worse for the forces. So that's why we work with chromomoly steel and very hard aluminum. So should we think about these scooter designs in the way or similarly to how we think about mountain bike designs? I mean, you've already mentioned snowboarding. Um, so how relevant is our understanding of mountain bike designs to these scooters? Yeah, uh, the frame of a scooter is a linear structure compared to the frame of a bike that triangulates. So this makes its structure less resistant. Many brands of scooters solve it with a short frame or a reinforcement structure that hinders the placement of the rider on the board and only allows a single position, the monofit position. Gravity Scooters has a patented sandwich reinforcement system that allows to lengthen the frame without having to use annoying reinforcements at the board feet. A front wheel larger than the rear wheel facilitates the passage through the broken terrain with the steps, roots, and loose stones, with a total control in the piloting, in addition to helping, to a great extent, the reception in the, in the jams. If you put a big rear wheel, uh, you, don't, you need to either lengthen the scooter or shorten the board. Both things are ominous. Although the same materials and programs are used uh, for, for bikes, as scooters have nothing to do with bikes. The scooters that don't give you the feeling of skating aren't really scooters. Uh-huh. Scooters that don't give you the feeling of skating, of yes. skateboarding, are not really scooters. Did I understand exactly. your claim? Yes, that's... That's the claim. Okay. Yeah. So what are they? Scooters that... They, they are bikes with no pedals. They are bikes... <laughs> okay. Fair. I, we're, I love all the, the, the distinctions I'm learning in this conversation. This is good. This yeah, is good. there's a lot to talk about. Actually, it's, it's, a, it's a wall it's, itself. I mean, I, even myself, I'm, I'm still learning, you know? It's... Uh, there are many nuances, you know, and it's uh, it's not that easy to explain sometimes. But yeah, uh, the best the best to do is just to try one, and then you feel the sensations. Yeah, 
So just to clarify, are these gravity scooters, these DH scooters, are they primarily being used in chairlift access downhill bike parks? Or where are people primarily using these? Yeah, they, they can be used uh, to ski resorts uh, where um, there is no snow. So for summer activities in ski resorts, but they also can be used everywhere where there is a hill or there is a mountain to be ready to, to descend. Anyone with uh, some bike skills or not many skills can just try and you will have fun. But once you have a, a good technique, you will enjoy like a kid because then you will jump, you will surf the roads and so on. So they are very, very good option for, for rentals in, in mountain resorts everywhere, where, everywhere uh, to, to uh, diversify the, the offer of activities beside the, the, ski, the ski season, mm -hmm. beyond the ski season, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Gravity Scooters website talks a good bit about mushing. Yeah, well, at uh, the beginning of the new century, uh, the passion for mushing came to us by surprise. It could not be otherwise, since we have always lived surrounded by dogs. When we started commercializing the downhill scooters, mushers also bought them and freaked out. Although having won many spring mashing races, we prefer the quieter, safer, and more pleasant mashing. Our range of mashing uh, products has evolved towards high quality and high strength scooters, in which we value safety above all. We're still the only ones who can recommend using four or five dogs on a scooter, which is incredible. <laughs> That is incredible. Some people mountain bike with their dog, right? Running behind them or something. Yeah. I don't know anyone who mountain bikes with the dogs <laughs> pulling pulling the bike. Yeah. It's a popular sport which is called uh, bike joring. When when you when you run with your dog, only you and your dog, it's called canny cross. If you use a bike, it's called bike joring. If you use a scooter, it's called scooter joring. And there are also carts, uh, rigs, sleds, many, many, many vehicles that are pulled by dogs. So it's it's getting very popular this sport. It comes from from the Norwegians, the Finnish, so Nordic countries in Spain, when there is a lot lots of snow. So they came. They they were uh, designed for uh, summer summer season. When there is no snow and mushers want to keep in shape and want to train with the dogs. And yeah, it's a very nice sport because it allows you to be in contact with nature and to have a good time with your, with your pets, with your dogs, and to, to get complicity with them. So the mushing community has become a fan of gravity scooters what sort of percentage of sales or rentals 
like how is the breakdown for you guys in terms of the number of scooters that are going out for use on DH ski lift accessed trails versus those being used for mushing? Downhill sector is is a niche. Okay. So there is less demand, but uh, those who practice it are very, very happy with the gravity scooters. They they used to say, and that's true, they are the best in the market. And on the contrary, on the other side, uh, mushing is more popular. And yeah, it gets most of our our sales currently okay huh yeah wow i am totally missing the boat as they say i've got to get on i've got to get on this trend yeah 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 um just um yeah we can even we can talk a bit about mushing in another chapter because there's a lot to say as well about mushing (laughs) so (laughs) so let me just ask what are some of the most common questions you guys get asked about gravity scooters yeah well the 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 funniest one is so you are going down with this (laughs) (laughs) because uh people gets gets really you know astonished when they say when they see uh, a scooter going down and yeah now more seriously and some people heard that the suspension slows their kick and ask us for a lockout function. We tell them that the geometry of our scooters uh, have an inclination of the front fork that is optimum for kicking. On a bicycle, the pedaling force is downwards, the same as the fork force. So it absorbs some of the force. While on a scooter, the kicking force is backwards so perpendicular to the fork travel, and therefore does not interfere with the kick. So there is no loss of strength. Yeah. There is no what we call pedal bob. There is no pedal bob on a scooter. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's the most common question. They want a lockout function on the scooter. Yeah, because most of the people uh, think about a bike or what they know about bikes, and they, it's, it's normal. They, they do the same questions to us, but uh, we tell them that uh, scooters have nothing to do with a bike. Okay, they look similar, but the sensation, the geometry, etc., cetera, it's, it's completely different. So what are some of the most common first reactions you get from people who hop on a gravity scooter for the first time? Yeah, um, they are very surprised by the stability uh, because they compare the scooter to a bike. So um, the geometry of the scooter makes it easier to you to pull your body back on a very steep descent and not have the feeling of falling forward. And this added to the fact that it's very easy to remove and put your foot on makes them very suitable for for rentals, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people that try a gravity downhill scooter for the first time on a bike park 
incandescent, a red, or even a black track with no fur. Most people do not ride the scooter habitually, so they welcome the new sensations. Skiers find a summer sport that appeals to them, and board sports lovers are immediately comfortable on the scooter. So you've already said a number of times now, like this scooter is not a bike. Don't think of it like a bike, because I guess this means maybe I know the answer to what I was going to ask you next, which was sort of just how similar or different the technique is on a scooter versus going downhill on a mountain bike. In other words, I guess that was part of the, I guess my question was about the learning curve. So if you're a very advanced downhill mountain biker, is that going to make is that going to be a big advantage the first time you hop on a gravity scooter or not so much? Yeah, well, for a biker, entering the wall of gravity mean, means to change his mindset. Since from now, from now on, he will have to work solely on the basis of inertia to savor the power of gravity and play with this force to master it. In terms of the driving position, no unnatural posture must be adopted. The feet in the surf position and the legs slightly bent is the ideal position to go down and to be comfortable. This position comes out instinctively when you get on the machine, so no learning curve. Where there is technique is in the bagging, the piloting, and in the jumps. That's when you have the sensation of driving with the whole body. When you drive the scooter with your back foot, with the weight of your body. And that's what really creates addiction. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're saying gravity scooters are addictive? Yes, okay. they are. Okay. <laughs> okay, they are very, very, uh, very easy to use at the beginning. And... Once you, you got the technique of, of surfing the rails, you really get addicted because you, you are using your body and, and you know, you have the sensations uh, of snowboarding, and, but much more safer because you can correct the position, your position with the handlebar. So again, it has a... It's, it's a weird, let's say, uh, mix of biking and surfing, but it takes uh, many advantages or the best of both ways of uh, going downhill. So I realize I have yet to ask you at all about brakes or wheel size. So like on the brakes question, do these scooters have brakes? Do some of them have brakes, others don't? Let's start with the brakes. Yeah, all of them uh, have brakes. So in the end, all of our scooters are using the best downhill components from, from bikes. So the better, the more expensive. So if you're getting the most radical uh, scooter we've got, which is the Dayach Raptor, you will get, a, let's say, the, the best machine ever in terms of everything, you know, best components, best everything. Otherwise, all of our models are very good. 
because quality is so important to us. So that's warranted. Okay. Wheel size. How big are the wheels on these scooters? Yes, the front wheel is the same as a mountain bike, which is 26 inch. Uh, what it changes is the rear wheel, which is smaller. Why it is smaller? It's 20 inch. Because if you put a big rear wheel, you need to either lengthen the scooter or shorten the board. For us, the board is, is crucial. The fact that the, the rear wheel is smaller helps a lot not to... Um, on the very radical descents, you know, because you will put your body really to, uh, to the back, so you will not hit with the wheel, and also you will have the gravity where, where it has to be, you know, the, that, that's the, the key point of that. Okay, so what about price? What is, the, what is kind of the range of prices on the options you guys offer, or if you have the best-selling one or two models, what's somebody going to pay to get a hold of a gravity scooter? Yeah, our price range is from around 600 euro to 2,500 for the DH Raptor. So uh, there is a model for, for everybody, depending on the, on the use they want to give to their scooter. It's very important to us not only to speak about how it's going to cost, but what do you want from your scooter? This is very important. If you want to initiate, you can take the the Ash Core, which is good. If you are, let's say, more uh, into downhill and you want to really hit, you could go for a, a DH Iron or, or so on. For mushing, it's the same. We really like to assess our, our clients just to make sure they will get the best of their scooter. And that's something that I think we are happy about, uh, the service we provide. Where in the world are most of Gravity Scooter's current sales? Well, our target audience is downhill skiers, mainly from Switzerland and the Alps in Europe. Currently, we are looking to expand to the US, where there is a huge playing field for outdoor enthusiasts, hmm. such as bike parks and mountain resorts. We are currently seeking for a distributor in the US in order to be closer to our clients and provide them with a local service point. Colorado just looks like just looks like the perfect place. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I, I can imagine a lot of people I know around here who would love to get pulled around mountains by their dogs. I, that's the, that's yeah. the first thing that comes to mind for me. So um, you, you may be onto something there. Okay. Well, and then I think one of my last questions, like, can people demo these scooters or where can they demo these? And selfish last question, when can we demo one of these? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, in Europe, people can test our scooters either through our network of vendors by renting them at, mo at mountain stations 
or by enjoying activities and tours offered by tourist companies with our scooters. Unfortunately, we do not have yet this network of partners in the US, although we will work hard to make it a reality as soon as possible. The scooter is especially good when there is a lot of verticality. So we really would love to try them through the Utahland ravines, for example. We will soon release new models and new designs. So we'd love to send you a scooter to test. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're in. We're in. We're ready. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Deal. <laughs> well, Jordi, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about this. This is something that our reviewer, Eric Friesen, put on my radar. We all just started kind of freaking out about this concept. People should definitely, if they haven't already, check out the Gravity Scooters website. And so tell us what is the website and where else can people find you? Yeah, it's, it's as simple as typing gravity-scooters.com. And we are also very active uh, over social media. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube accounts. So <laughs> everywhere we can be almost. And we will be very, very glad to answer to your questions, to your concerns. Uh, yeah, we are here to to help and to to chat with you. Excellent. Well, Jordi, thanks again for taking the time. And please say hello to Quentin and the rest of the team there. We look forward to getting on a gravity scooter at some point. Yeah, best wishes going forward. Thank you very much for this chance to speak with you and to, to explain about ourselves and the peculiarities of, of our products, uh, which is not that easy sometimes to explain. And yeah, I, I really appreciate it, Jonathan. Okay, you take care. You too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas, or maybe we'll have to rename this podcast Bikes Without Pedals and Big Ideas. I don't know. Thanks to Jordi for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And if you want to see a video of us getting out on a gravity scooter, just take 10 seconds to leave us that five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and you'll have us inching closer to shooting a blister crash course video where you will get to see us mountain surfing or dog mushing maybe. So yeah, leave us that rating, please. And man, let's make this happen. Okay, until next time, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>